So, this is what had happened previously on The Book of Huey. While we all know that Huey is definitely okay, my girl Trixie is most certainly the star of the show. She's standing in her word of getting her feet wet and is now dating again. Take her advice and don't go on a church date. Huey, being the freak hoe that he is, went away on a cabin trip and actually had a calm weekend reaffirming his holiness as a good, young, virgin Christian man. Episode 2, I'm Not Your Fetish Bitch. Our host, with all of their wit and humor, had much to say about how ladies should ask for dick pics, being fetishized, the importance of types and preferences when dating, and how to push past feeling like a victim when we know that we aren't emotionally together. Be sure to tune in. The Book of Huey, Chapter 1, Verse 2. If you have someone, and they're not interested in getting to know the real you beyond your external attributes, and they just want to make you a character or a prop in their lives, drop them. You have to love yourself like no one else can. And if they don't want to love or care for you the way that you want and yearn for, again, drop them. As Huey so passionately stated, he'd rather live a thousand years single than have one minute of someone taking advantage of him. This is your announcer, Rebecca Lee. And now on to Huey and our girl Trixie Summerborn with today's episode. Chapter 1, verse 3. Black-ass Thanksgiving. What I need from you is understanding. This is a little flat, baby. You try me. She ain't never flat. Okay, you're flat. Your whole life is flat. That was a little flat. You, you are flat. Your whole life is flat. Listen, just because I got flat feet, you got flat beyond feet, that, I, I can't really think of a better punchline. And flat curls. How about that? You try. Oh, don't be tripping on a nigga curl pattern. No, <laughs> <laughs> Because right. there's women out here that love my shit. All right. So check it. What up? What up? What up? This is your boy, Huey Booker. And this is Trixie. That was so fucking enthusiastic. Uh, listen, well, if you must have a grand entrance, this is Trixie Summerborn. Is that good enough? Uh, for you? Well, welcome to the book of motherfucking Huey, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the book of Huey. Don't do me like that. I'm not doing you at all, baby. I thought we established this for the record. We are friends. You're going to stop trying me on air. We need them to know that we are business partners and that's it. What are you trying what are you trying are you accusing me of trying to insinuate that there is a sexual relationship between the two of us? All I'm saying is is that as your business partner and technically employer for my own personal legal protection, I just want everybody to know, particularly all the lawyers, that I do not sexually harass my staff. You know? And all your bitches. Why that be a you don't get to say shit like that and then transition. With that being said, not they bitches. Last week they was hoes, not they bitches. Don't do that. I'm offended. Like I'm offended for the women out there. I do not use these terms in my everyday lexicon. You do not use these terms, but I do. Number two, don't try to do that. Like, you already know what I mean. When I was saying hoes, I was saying it affectionately. I said, I wanted some hoes, too. That's what I said if you listen to the last episode. I edit all the episodes. You think I didn't listen to the shit? Okay, so I'm saying, I'm talking to the audience. I want hoes, too. 
So I was calling them affectionately, calling them hoes, you know, in a very disrespectful but affectionate way. But I wasn't calling them hoes, hoes, but they out in the corner, you know, slinging that cooch for a coin. Oh, my God, tricks. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> so you're going to let me do this transition or what? You know what? Go on and be smooth with it. All right. So tell me, how was your weekend? My weekend was cool. Um, what did I do? I feel like, damn, what did I do? I'm pulling up my calendar right now. Hold on. Friday, I think I just, I think I just chilled, relaxed, realized Punisher started on Netflix. So I caught the first episode of that. Saturday, my friends had a, a Friendsgiving, so I spent a little bit of time there. Had a really good time seeing my people. The food was great. I can't wait to finish my little second play that I took home. And then my boy had an um, adult slumber party. So it was food and drinks. He was kicking it, smoking hookah, dancing. Brought my little cot, spent the night, and then I spent the rest of the weekend literally watching The Punisher. What you do? Oh, that sounds like fun. And um, this yeah. weekend, I was traveling for work. Um, I got back pretty late on Friday from um, regionals. And after that, on Saturday, I went to go adopt a dog. Really now? Nice. What kind of dog? You don't sound excited. I don't know what kind of dog it is, but, you know, the thing is, it's like, okay, first of all, Huey, I thought I could just go into the shelter Okay, because I went to the county shelters. I thought I could just go in real quick and just grab a dog, you know, bring my driver's license so I can take him on a walk and then say, okay, I want this one right here, and then take him on home, right? Yeah. That's not the process. So it's several different processes between, like, the county shelters and then also, like, the rescue shelters. But it is, like, adopted a child, honey. Like, so I went in, went to go meet him, went to the playroom. Um, his name is Oreo. Um, that's the one I fell in love with. Um, but anyway, I want to name him Cash Money. Oh, my God. You like it? I like it, Trix. It fits yeah. fast. Yes, okay. Yeah, so I wanted to name him Cash Money. So I had, we're just going to call him Cash Money now. So Cash Money had came back to the room with my friend. Um, she's also looking for a dog and the volunteer. So first of all, these volunteers are, like, extra serious. You would think that these volunteers want to take home all the dogs. But anyway. Cash money, like, he's not even playing with any toys. I pull out some toys. He's not there for it. Like, he's jumping in my lap. He's licking my face. He's licking my girlfriend's face. He's licking everybody's face, okay? He's not for the shit. I said, this is my kind of dog. You know, he's slightly <laughs> lazy. He don't want to play a lot. You know, he's housebroken. His hair is nice. He got a nice weave. You know, I can go get his hair done. Oh and so it's like, <laughs> so I'm ready to bring cash money home. So I take, uh, I go outside. I'm like, y'all, I want cash money. And they're like, you can't just take him home, sis. Like, you have to fill out an application. The application was like three pages. They were asked all kinds of questions. Sounds like, like a lot. Yeah, it's a whole lot. There was three questions whole about, pages. I felt like that was a lot to adopt a shelter dog. I'm like, do y'all even have space? For all these dogs y'all getting in every day, like, y'all should just let me take the dog on home. Uh-huh. So I feel like the application was like three pages. So we were going out over adoption fees. And it just was a whole lot. And they told me they would let me know because I'm on a waiting list and somebody else wants cash money in. 
you know, all these different issues and things that go along with adoption, like basically they were like, girl, don't get your hopes up because you may not get her. So, you know, my whole point was like it's a process to adopt a dog. One facility wanted to come into my home and take a look at my home and evaluate my home before they would let me um, take the dog and bring it to my house. That's a lot of a lot of damn work, Trick. It is. I mean, this is the thing, you know, Healy. I feel like you should be helping me out with this dog because you're going to watch him when I go out of town for work. Wait, hold, hold the fuck up. Um, I didn't sign up to be no no doggy daycare center. I mean, I got you, but you know you live like far as fuck from me, right? Okay, but that's not the point. This is the thing. First of all, you're not the doggy daycare center. You're the doggy baby daddy. I'm the puppy daddy is what you just said? Yeah, but not yeah, the puppy daddy, but I don't really want to raise him in a single parent household. So you are the daddy. Oh. I'm going to need you to participate in the raising of our child. Um, Trix, you know, I feel like, <laughs> let me just, let me just explain. I didn't ask to be a puppy daddy. You know, it's not a good time right now. I feel like I'd be pretty negligent. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's like, fuck, did I call my mama this week? Damn, I didn't. And she, uh, be talking shit. You know, launching the business is, is like a lot of work, like I, way more than I thought it was going to be. And I knew it was going to be a lot. So I feel like you travel like eight days a week for work, so I feel like I'm going to be raising this, this puppy that I didn't even ask for. But, it's, you know, I guess it's cool. But you can always come stay at my house. In the first episode, you talked about how fabulous my home is. You're welcome to come stay at my home. And, you know, I have a television now because you talked about me so bad and said I need a TV. So I have a TV now, and you and Cash Money can be here together. Do you want to be a part um, of Cash Money's life or not? That's the that's the question here. I mean, I, I got you. I, I got you. Okay. Okay. I got okay. You. All right. So that's what I did this weekend. <laughs> okay. This. The holidays well, are coming up. You excited? I am excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive up. I know you're flying because you're fancy. I thought we was gonna have road trip number two. Can you just tell the listeners about our first road trip, how fucking awesome it was? It was dope until you wanted to blast damn Beyonce for like an hour and then fell asleep. This is the thing. I thought you told me that I, you and I had the best road trip of your life. I'm not too sure I said that, but it was pretty dope. Yeah, it, it was amazing. We brainstormed, right? Like we came up with ideas for the show. We were like, we're going to do it. Like, that was the trip where everything, like, came together. Like, no text messages, no random conversations, just a five-hour, well, probably like a seven-hour ride because you kept stopping to get your dirty, nasty, sweet teeth. But, well, you know, I feel like you were like, oh, Huey, I'm hungry. I had to get gas. I had to pee because I got a small bladder. Why are you making me tell my business like that on the radio? But I didn't say nothing about your bladder. I said something about them dirty-ass sweet teas you kept drinking. Why does sweet tea have to be dirty? Like, I feel like tea was pretty Like, how does tea dirt? Like, come on. I, I don't even have an answer. It's a figure of speech. It's a figure of speech. Oh, like, relax, like relax, relax. you ask me or whatever? Yeah, it's just a figure of speech. Don't worry. You know, I've been asking. I've been getting the lubricate, man. Like, I've been getting the lotion up. Like, I ain't light-skinned. 
What are you talking about, lubricate? I thought you said you weren't going to harass me on this show. Nigga, I'm talking about, like, cocoa butter and lotion and coconut oil and shit, you know? Okay. Oh, I shouldn't have said lubricate. I should have said, like, moisturize. Is that what I should have said? Yeah, you should have said moisturize. Oh, I mean, obviously, niggas don't even, I'm ashy, I'm ashy right now, damn it. Living in your light-skinned truth. You know, you you're right. Light-skinned feelings. Anyway. See, don't be getting all Drake on me. <laughs> you have light-skinned feelings all the time. What the fuck are light-skinned, I don't even, do I want to know? You do want to, you, you don't have to know, but I'll say in the car on our way to Cleveland, um, because we're both from Cleveland, and you dropped me off in Cleveland, next to a Cleveland landmark. And, you know, you had light-skinned feelings. I feel like it was, what, like 2 in the morning. I was probably tired. You were tired. Your voice got low. You know what I mean? You were like, tell me tricks. We're going to do this, babe. We're going to do this. We're going to make you You make it sound like I was trying to get some draws, though. I didn't say that. See, you keep saying how you feel like I'm alluding to the fact that there's an additional situation, which we both know there's not, but that's you. I didn't say anything about anything about draws. I said you were in your light skinned feelings with your light skinned voice, with your light skinned emotions. That's what I. You have a fun saying light skinned it like that. Yeah, because you light you light skinned it, living in your light skinned truth. But I was trying to say that we had the most dope, amazing road trip ever. It's where we came up with all these amazing ideas for shows, and everything began to come to fruition after that particular road trip. So I know that you are so sad that I will not be taking that ride with you and not driving, not actually getting out to pump gas or anything like that or going to get my own food or anything like that. I know that, you know, you're going to miss Beyonce performances that I gave you, but, you know, you'll be fine because I have to get on that aeroplane. Did you just say aeroplane? And I feel like your ass fell asleep like maybe 15 minutes into your little Beyonce marathon, but every time I went to like change the volume or to turn it off, you woke up like, nigga, what? Where did Beyonce? Because, you know, I, you know, Beyonce is my favorite, ultimate favorite performer of all time. Like there is no one that is better than Beyonce. I know her entire catalog except for B-Day, her first album. Because I was so mad at her for breaking up the Destiny's Child group. But now, you know, I don't know any of the music on there, but I know everything else after that. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. So, yeah, so when you turned off Beyonce, I woke right up. Shit. I mean, like, I know when Beyonce is off. When Beyonce is on, she, you don't understand. I love Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter. I love her, and I love the fruit of her looms, Blue Ivy, Sir and Rumi. You know, so I feel like, like you were saying, the holidays are coming up. <laughs> yes. And, uh, it got me to thinking beyond, you know, infatuation with Beyonce. You know, a lot of shit happens at these very black-ass Thanksgivings, at least at my family. So I know we were talking, we were planning out the episode, and we just kind of wanted to just run through all the ways in which our families be having us fucked up for the holidays. And I know I got a few little things to say, but, like, for you, Trix, what's, like, the one question you're really not trying to have your people ask you this holiday? Where is your man? Are you not bringing nobody home? No. You want to hear something interesting about me? What? I've never brought anyone home. 
What? My sister's only met one man I've dated. How do you pull that off? I just don't. I'm not that kind of person. When I bring someone home, he will be married, most likely, or we'll be on our way to marriage. I'm very private about my life. I will spill the tea on everybody else's life. But mine and who I'm dating, that's very private for me. It's very sacred for me. Like, I like to have my business be my business, and that's it. Like, I have never introduced anyone to my family. Like I said, I had a guy introduced to my sisters, but everyone else, no, not at all. The other thing I don't want to hear when I go home is, hey, big time, you big time. I saw you on that Facebook. You was in this city and you were in that city. You big time. Let me get $5. You You don't want them to know you Hollywood now? I've never been Hollywood, ain't going to be Hollywood. I don't know what that even, well, I may be Hollywood one day, but I'm not Hollywood at this moment. But I just hate that. So if you ask me where my man is, I'm going to ask you where your wig is. If you ask me for, if you say big time, big time, can I have $5, I'm going to stare at you blankly, and I'm going to bat my eyes about 10 times and then walk away and ask for the mac and cheese, Okay. Other thing that I am not interested in through the holidays is singing Negro spirituals. Don't kill me. I love my aunties, and I love my family so much, but I have one side of the family, and they want to sing old hymns and Negro spirituals, and I know it's a family tradition, but I'm just asking if we could save it to Christmas. I don't want to do it on Thanksgiving, and I don't want to see chitlins. Those are the four things that I ain't interested in this Thanksgiving. If they break out and steal away to Jesus and with a bowl of chitlins in front of them, I'm going home. I'm going to do something else. That's the things that I don't want to hear on Thanksgiving. You know, Trace, I feel like I asked you just about one, but it's cool. <laughs> Those are a couple of things I want to hear about Thanksgiving. What about you? What are the things you are not looking forward to? It doesn't have to even be a question, but what are you, like, not looking forward to? So there are a few things. I'm going to just follow suit and just not answer the question that was asked, even though the question was personal to the motherfucker. So a few things. One, for whatever reason, my family likes to pick and poke and pride. Of course, now, like, oh, when you're going to have a kid, you know, you long overdue, you should have been had a baby. And I'm like, my nigga, I just turned 30. Like, what do you mean? You acting like I should have had kids 10 years ago or some shit. Can't even afford myself right now, let alone a child? Man, no. So there's that. And then there's the whole famous, who you going to bring home for the holidays this time? Because, you know, in 10 years, I had three relationships. So I brought three different women home. They act like every goddamn holiday, they see me with a new woman. And I'm like, that ain't even my story. That's some of my other cousins, though. So I'm, I'm pretty particular about who I bring around my family and friends and people know I date, but you know, I feel like if, if I introduce you to like my circle and you hang out with the circle a lot or I take you home, you meet the family, I meet your family or whatever. That's like, we're serious. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not willing to just do that with somebody like we can be cool. We can get along, but you're not about to go see my Cleveland family. It's just not going to happen. That's deep, right? It's like if you bring a woman to meet, like, your family in Cleveland, that's some serious shit. It really is. Yeah, because, you know, like, 
yeah, okay, this is like a running joke, but, you know, black people will be together for like 80 years and have great-great-grandchildren be on their deathbed talking about we might as well do this shit. I mean, you've been down forever. But um, for real, my pops would just tell you, like, he see you over the course of a year or two, oh, where's your wife? Like, they don't give a fuck that you ain't bought no rings. They know where they got with him, but y'all just, that's your wife. You know, they're going to treat yeah. you as such as that. I'm not really cool with that. Yeah, that's true. So when do you think it's the right time to introduce someone to your family? For anybody thinking about bringing, their, you know, bringing that one home from the holidays, the person that they're dating, like, when is the right time? Well, my first answer is going to be whenever the fuck you want. But even though I try to always be very true to who I am first, and then I think about, okay, like I said, I think in the first episode, a lot of people will hide behind their, like, societal traditions, their cultural norms, their religious practices or beliefs, and they try to make those things their identity, which I don't think that's the case. But once you've done that, you figured out who you are and all of that other stuff, then, okay, you got to put yourself in a context that matters most to you. So I know for me, I'm not personally willing to do it until this person not only Am I curious about if I have a future with them? But, like, it's pretty much dead set. Like, this is somebody I want in my life for a long period of time. You know, we give it another a year or two. We'll probably be engaged, have children. Like, I'm not just willing to casually kick it with somebody or just because I really like them, I take them home to Rosebud and Andrew. Like, I'm just not, I'm not doing that. I'm not interested. I don't want to do all the introductions. I got a bunch of siblings, 50, 11 cousins, 20 aunts and uncles and shit. Like, no, like I'm not even trying to do all that. That's a lot of work for somebody who may not be around for the next full moon. And I feel like for me, it has less to do with other people and more to do with me. I think one of the things that I've uncovered in the space of being very transparent and and, uh, just self-reflection, I realized that my issue with vulnerability is less about asking or needing help, but more about controlling people's perceptions of me. So I want you to know what I want you to know what I want you to know it, right? And that's not always realistic, but it spills into my dating life. So when it comes to dating, I am usually very intuitive, and I know if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. So I don't even waste my time. I don't think it's a time limit, though. I think you should go with the flow. So, like, if you met somebody in July and it's Thanksgiving now and you guys are on that path and it's like, yeah, let's go out on a date, let's go to Thanksgiving at dinner, then that's what you do. And I feel like both of you would feel comfortable with it. Even if both parties are nervous, there's some comfortability and ease in knowing that this person is somebody that you rock with and you want to bring in the Thanksgiving. I just think that that has to be a mutual decision. For me, I think about, like, what's the question when you ask? Do you ask a girl, like, would you like to come to Thanksgiving with my family? Has there ever been an awkward situation? Have you ever been told no? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Like, awkward, I mean, not really. Anybody I brought home was somebody I was serious about. Not saying I should have been serious about them, but I was pretty cool with it. You got to remember, I left home at 14, and... I would go home here and there, but I haven't really, Cleveland hasn't really been my home since I was probably like 17. So I'm, I'm really home. So when I, you know, been in a relationship, you know, especially if I was living with somebody and I'm going home and 
I dated somebody who was from the Caribbean. Like, her family was still there. So there were some times where she, not to say she couldn't go home, but she just, like, wanted to be with me, and I was going to Cleveland. So we drive up, meet the fam, somebody else. I mean, based on where she was from, I think we were living in Charlotte. She's from Atlanta. We would just go back and forth quite a bit. And, you know, that's my little road dog, so she would go with me back and forth to Cleveland when I would drive up and down. So it wasn't really awkward. It was just something that needed to get done. But I wouldn't have even, you know, been in those, like I said, serious relationships, living with people, if I was worried about them meeting my mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, my parents are going to come visit me wherever I live at least once a year. So I'm not about to just, like, hire my woman and have a little secret stash on the side or something like that. So it wasn't really, it was never awkward. Um, but, again, I don't, I don't really do awkward. Like, nothing really kind of... Not to say phases me, but I'm, I don't really embarrass easy. Okay, but you know there are people whose families are embarrassing to the point, or dysfunctional to the point where they don't want to invite you. But on the flip side of that, how long is too long? So if you've been dating somebody for two years, and this Christmas the holiday season is rolling around again, and you still haven't met their family, like is that too long? Again, I'm gonna say for me personally. If I'm seeing somebody, well, you said dating, so I'm not that changes okay. it. Like, if I'm in a relationship where we're committed, like, I'm introducing you as my girlfriend, I'm your man, whatever. For me, after two years, I don't know if I want to marry you by that point, maybe three. Damn sure if you haven't met my parents yet, we ain't going nowhere. You should just leave me. It ain't popping. <laughs> you heard like, your nah. So like, but I feel like uh, maybe I'm a little maybe I'm a little too intense about it. But you know, it it takes a lot of conversation and you know figuring somebody out to even just decide to be in a monogamous relationship with me. Because once I do that, what that means I'm like, okay, well I feel like this is somebody that would be a great partner in my life for my future, and I'll be the same for her. So yeah, she's gonna be my mama, my dad, my siblings, my nephews, my nieces, whatever. But, shit, two years of just, like, casually dating. Like, I don't even casually date beyond six months. So that shit, yeah, that's too long for me. I completely agree. That is too long for me. I'm not casually dating anyone for no two years. I don't casually date anyone for no two whole years. If after the first few dates, if I don't feel like it's moving in a place where it's going to be a good friendship or it's going to be a, a good romantic um, relationship, I have to be able to move in either way, right? If I don't feel like it's moving any direction, I just don't really like you at all, and we just need to just not even associate. You're wasting your time, and I'm wasting mine. There have been men that I've dated that I've gone into being, like, really been really become, like, really good friends. We just realized we were not right for each other, and we became really good friends. However, when it comes to holidays, I feel like sometimes people – Men and women, fuck girls and fuck boys, will try to drag you along, okay? Will drag you and drag you and drag you. And they will try to keep you like their little secrets, escape style, okay? Don't nobody know about you. And so these are a few ways to know that he is dragging you along and you're not getting a Thanksgiving invitation. A, if he takes you to friend zone restaurant. What the hell is a friend zone restaurant? A friend's own restaurant is a restaurant where he doesn't really want to spend a coin. Like, he wants to, like, take you to, like, the Bob Evans, Famous Dave's, 
I don't know, the Cracker Barrels, like on an actual date. And I'm not talking about y'all road tripping and y'all finding something to eat real quick. I'm talking about this was like a planned date. A lot of times some men will do it if they don't um, necessarily feel like you're going to get some or they feel like it ain't going nowhere or they're spreading their coins too thin. So because they're dating multiple women, they have to, you know, water in too many plants, too many different yards. Oh, my God. What does that have to do with Thanksgiving? It has everything to do with Thanksgiving because I'm telling them how they know they're not getting a Thanksgiving invitation so they can nip it in the bud prior to Thanksgiving so their feelings don't get hurt when they don't get no invitation for the third year in a row. How about that? I mean, I just wanted you to say it again just because, but I hear you. I hear you. I'm saying. This is how you know if he's, you're his little secret, okay? And that's how y'all going to keep it is if he takes you to a friend zone restaurant, if he buys you dandelion or carnation, and those ain't your request. Once again, water in too many yards. If he's not that excited to hear about you, you're just a part of the get-along game. You know what I mean? Like if he texts you on Friday night like, oh, let's hang out Friday night, and it's not spontaneity, it's just habit, you his little secret. If in years, we talking years now, you ain't met a family member, okay? And, and let me just say this. When it comes to family members, I know everyone has their own situation, their own issues with their family. You know, we all aren't blessed to have crazy, amazing families like you and I have, Huey. We actually have really crazy, difficult, dysfunctional relationship. So yeah. it may be difficult to introduce, you know, the family or whatever. But if in two years you ain't met a family member, a friend, you ain't met his leasing agent. You haven't met a dog, a fish, sis. You are his little secret. You are not getting an invitation to Thanksgiving dinner this year. And you need to nip it in the bud so your feelings don't get hurt, so he don't do this whole cycle where he tries to break up with you before Christmas so he ain't got to buy you a gift. And then come the third week of January, he trying to get back with you. You don't want that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's how you know. If somebody keeping a little secret, you ain't going to get a, a Thanksgiving dinner invitation. Two years is too long to wait for an invitation to meet someone's family. They're not serious about you. And you have to figure out if that's something that you want. If you want to continue with that and you're okay with it and you're not that serious either, it's perfect, right? But if you have high hopes and um, you're excited about him and you're, or her and you're excited about the relationship, then you need to leave that situation alone. Like Huey said, if we date in a relationship for three years and I don't know if I want to be with you for real, for real or not, then go ahead and leave me. He's right. That's good advice for everyone. I agree. There was some study that went out a few years back that pretty much was like if after four years you're not like engaged or shit, days away from getting engaged, it's never going to happen for you. Not with that person. Not with that person, no. For me, it's not even that I'm focusing so much on shit, I guess the, the lack of focus on, you know, that you're not getting that invite to the cookout for Thanksgiving or whatever. But for me, it's like, how the fuck do you date somebody for two years and you still worried about, like, Thanksgiving? Like, there's so many things you should be talking about. Like, how does that not even come up after, like, eight months, the first year? Like, oh, you know, I really would have liked to get to meet your family. Like, we could have spent time with each other for the holidays. Like, I go with you for Thanksgiving. You come with me for Christmas, you know, or Hanukkah, whatever your holidays are, right? Like, mm -hmm. how the fuck does that not happen? 
And if it did happen, but it didn't go anywhere, like, how do you date somebody for that long and not have the most basic fundamental conversation? I think sometimes people stay in things because of fear of loss, and they mistake that for love. They feel like, mm. oh, like, if I have these amazing feelings for them and I can't exactly say how I feel because I'm mature and, you know, I don't ask them about another woman. I don't ask him about my place in his life. And I agree with some of that to a degree. I'm not going to sit here and ask a man over and over again, what are we? I'm not even going to ask you once. Never. I'm going to express myself, say how I feel. If you don't reciprocate that effort and you don't feel those same feelings for me, I bite the bullet and I move on. Because indecision is a decision. True that. So that is how people stay in relationships because it's more about a fear of loss. And they, and a lot of times you'll be in a situationship and you, one of the partners thinks that they're in a relationship. And that's why it is a situationship. It's not to people agreeing to be in a situationship. Because trust and believe, friends with benefits in a situationship, in a relationship, those are three different spaces. It's totally different. Yeah, it's completely different. But I feel like in a situationship, there's one person who wants to be friends with benefits, and there's another person that wants to be in a relationship, and that's how you equal a situationship. And a lot of times what makes it a situationship is the fact that there's, it's not just sex. It's emotional support. You're kicking it. Y'all going out. Y'all doing everything that you would normally do in a relationship. It looks like a relationship. It sounds like a relationship. But it ain't a relationship because nobody's calling a thing a thing, right? So I think what happens is, you know, when you decide, okay, I'm done with this situationship, I'm ready to walk out, it's been a long time, I don't know where I am, you know, in this place, in this person's life, so I'm going to make a decision for me, that person, because they desire to keep you in their life, but in the way that they want to keep you, they may fuss, fall out, have a tantrum, say they don't want to lose you say that they love you, they want you in their lives, but they can't tell you how they want you in their lives, right? Because they only want you the way that they desire, and that's not fair. So that's how people stay in things so long, because they mistake the fear of loss for love, and they think that they're one and the same, and it's not one and the same. And so that's how you can go all those years, not get an invitation to Thanksgiving, not get a commitment, not you know, move forward into a relationship or into anything that is, you know, good for you because of that mistake. That's my theory on it. I like it. Yes, but enough about our Thanksgiving because, you know, we'll just talk and talk. I actually have a trick with a fix question. I was waiting for that shit to come out. <laughs> All right, guys, continue to send uh, Tricks with the Fit questions to the inboxes for the Book of Huey on all of our social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SFM. What else am I missing, Huey? Where YouTube, SoundCloud. I feel like that's yes. it. Yes, absolutely. So our first Tricks with the Fix question today. Dear Trick, I like y'all using my name. I have a problem for you to fix. That's why I'm here. I have an older brother that I adore. Matter of fact, we all love my brother. He's the only boy in the family, so we are very protective of him. So when we met his girlfriend 10 years ago, we were apprehensive, but soon understood why he fell in love with her. She and her daughter have become our family. 
From vacations to holidays, birthdays, and everything in between, we do everything together. So after eight years of an amazing relationship, they broke up. We all believed that they would get back together. They just needed time. We respected their space, but our children still got together for major holidays and family events. Well, fast forward, he brought a new girl home. And within the hour at our family function, he tells us that he and this new girl eloped. We don't know this girl. He then asked us not to invite his ex or her daughter to the holiday functions this year. How do I explain this to her? Can I still maintain a relationship with her without disrespecting my brother and his new wife? Love, this holiday is going to be shit. <laughs> Damn, like, that's a lot. What you think, Huey? That's a lot. Like, my nigga got married on the low. It's cool that, you know, the fam is, I guess, still cool with the ex or whatever. Like, you really can't dictate, you know, who your, your aunties and them want to kick it with. Whatever, not a big deal. But it's weird that, like, in the same breath, my dude had the gall to be like, oh, yeah, we elope. Don't invite my ex who y'all been inviting for the last 20 years. Like, nah, my nigga, that shit don't fly. Like, you can't tell me something that's going to hurt me and then ask for a favor in the same sentence. I don't know how he had the balls to do that. Oh, I'm so surprised he said that because I completely disagree. So... I do understand that when you have family, because I think about my brother-in-law, and they have been in our family. One particular brother-in-law has been in our family for 13 years, right? And I do understand that you begin to form bonds in relationships, but my sisters are my priority. So I'm wondering if they had to eat, he had to elope because of the pressure he had, you know, from his family around his ex and them getting back together. He, we'd have been broken up. And I could be wrong, but just from reading this letter earlier and then reading through it again, it seems like they've been broken up for two years because she said that she was introduced to her 10 years ago, and after eight years of being together, they broke up. So they've actually had time to get over this situation and ease her out of the family function. So I'm a little bit confused on why she's still being invited, to be honest with you, because they're no longer together. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but you know, like, sometimes. The bonds that you make are just really close. And as long as she's, you know, being invited over, she's not forcing it, she's not stalking homeboy, you know what I'm saying? It just seems like maybe she made some really organic connections with these people and they really enjoy her company. So I wouldn't necessarily be mad at that. Like I said, I think if anything, like, it's kind of like the status quo. Like, that's just what over those shit, 10 years or whatever, 10 plus years, that's what she's done. She will spend the holidays with his family. He the one showed up, not just with a new person, but a new whole fucking wife off schedule that he didn't communicate. I don't know. I think that I'll be honest. To answer your question, I truly believe that I understand the conflict too because she also has a daughter. So I'm assuming that the daughter is probably, I don't know how old the daughter is. That would have been good to include it. This was 10 years ago, so I'm pretty sure the daughter was maybe a little bit younger, so she's grown up. Even if she wasn't younger, she's grown up in the family, right? So right. I can understand how that would be hard and, you know, be difficult for you to break the relationship between you and you said your children play together. So I could see how that could be difficult. Maybe I would say if it were me and I was the new wife and I'm coming into the situation 
Would I be comfortable with the fact that they're still inviting his ex, still fawning over his ex? I may feel some kind of way. Actually, I know I would feel some kind of way. I would be uncomfortable. And part of it is his responsibility to bring you in to the fold. And maybe eloping wasn't the best option, especially because they seem to be a very tight-knit family. But I thought that was really interesting. Like, I I don't agree. I think she does not need to come to the family functions. She should have been stopped coming to the family functions once they decided, like, this is not happening anymore. We're not going to make up to break up. That's all we do. It's a wrap. So, therefore, she should have stopped coming, period. I will say this. I do still think it's okay for you and your children and her daughter to still communicate, play, you know, have fun. I know that that is okay. But holidays, I would just have a very candid conversation with her. I would tell her that I want to respect my brother's wishes. We are still good. We can have us a cute kiki after Thanksgiving. You know, we can still hang and kick it, but I'm going to respect my brother's wishes. And that's what I would say to him. Do still think you can maintain a relationship with her, but it has to be, it cannot be in conjunction at the Thanksgiving dinner. Like, that's messy as hell. And you know you wouldn't want it for yourself either. Messy as fuck. It is. You know you wouldn't like that if your wife's ex, the whole family was like, all fawning over your wife's ex and, and, you know, he's showing up, hugging grandpa, you know what I'm saying, playing games and stuff with the nephews, playing basketball, playing football, you know, whatever y'all do on Thanksgiving, you know, in the basement, making beer, rolling blunts with the raggedy cousin. You know, you'll be in your feelings too. And you're new and you're fresh and you're like, hey, what about me? Hashtag Isolito. You know what I'm saying? No. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> you will be in your feelings. So, yes. I do believe that's the best way to handle that. I really do. I think the best way to handle it is just to have an upfront conversation with her. She already knows. I'm pretty sure she has moved on. Just let her know this year is not going to be a go. I'm respecting my brother's wishes. You don't have to tell her that he got married. If you don't feel like it's appropriate, that's his business to share. But you can say you respect his wishes and that you'll have a kiki with her, a cute little drink before or after the festivities. So, Tricks, we've done a lot of talking about some of the crazy stuff we deal with with our families and friends or whatever. But what are some of the adult memories you've had about growing up? You know, I know you're not from Cleveland, for real, for real. But, you know, tell us about your suburban Thanksgiving. (laughs) Did y'all eat green bean casserole and shit? First of all, I am from Cleveland. Let's start there. We know Um, you're from Cleveland, but you had your suburban Thanksgivings, right? Like, was your chicken season? Okay, we're not going to do this because I, I love, I, let me just say this, more than I love a good shoe, handbag, a good kiki, glass of wine, and a great vacation, I love, with all of my heart, a good black ass Thanksgiving, okay? So you will not take away from me my black ass Thanksgivings that I've had growing up, okay? My favorite part of Thanksgiving is the food. <laughs> I love the food. food the seasoned awesome. food or the unseasoned food? Just the food is seasoned, Hugh. The food okay, is seasoned, okay? Don't come from my family. My family, we're from Cleveland. My daddy grew up in Cleveland, okay? We grew up in Cleveland. So we went into Cleveland to have Thanksgiving. Is that is that better for you? Oh, you crossed into no man's land to get your good food? Did y'all have passports? Listen, we made it to Cleveland. Don't do okay. that. 
my favorite thing about Thanksgiving for me is the food. Like, I love all of the abundance of food, the different dishes. Like, now, like, just thinking about being little and being excited, like, what what I wanted to try, like, getting prepared for Thanksgiving. In my mind, I, I was thinking, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get some of my auntie's potato salad. Because she makes the best potato salad I've ever had in my life. So I love her potato salad. I just love the gathering, like, hugging everybody. I like the singing. You know, I said I didn't want to sing Negro spirituals earlier. Now I'm just being, I was just being a little shady. I love a good Negro spiritual at the table. Like, it's just a nostalgic. Everything about Thanksgiving is amazing. From the football to the jokes to the laughs to, like, my, I just think about being little when everything felt perfect, right? When I had my dad and when our whole family was still at home, we weren't separate, living in all different parts of the country. So we were just together. Like, I look back on those Thanksgivings, and it warms my heart, and I wish I could just take a piece of them. So for me, I just love all of, like, the family parts of Thanksgiving. Like, what are some of your favorite parts of Thanksgiving? I know you grew up a little bit different than I did, but so what are your favorite parts of Thanksgiving? What the fuck kind of say, you know, all right, Trick, I want you to know that. You grew up a little different than I did. What, 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 what you mean? How different how? Different, like you just grew up different. The way you describe it, it just sounds different in my childhood. So I want to get some information. I mean, it was pretty hood. Like, I feel like they would shoot on Thanksgiving, but maybe not. But uh, regardless, for me, I love Thanksgiving. It's actually like my parents' favorite holiday. Christmas and all that was cool. Don't get me wrong, as a child, I loved it. But my parents had a personal affection or whatever for Thanksgiving, so that definitely carried over to me. I grew up, my family had a lot of parties at the house, so mm-hmm. especially Thanksgiving was the time to, you know, see all my extended family. It was like a party all night. Sometimes the sun came up, cousins was always over. I mean, I literally have like hundreds of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth cousins. So it was just like a dope time. And then when I left for high school, one of the only real times that I would come back for real that I could even afford it, all through college even to this day with Thanksgiving. So it's, it's just a dope time. To, so I know I'm going to see my cousin. For me, that's a big deal because, like, I didn't even have a need for friends until I got to, like, middle school because I always was around my cousin. So I would say definitely being around the family, like you said, the food. And beyond that, that's when we trimmed the tree. My mom was real big on us, you know, sort of making our own family traditions. I think when you, you kind of grow up like I did, you know, sometimes, shit, most of the time, money was just mad tight. And, like, my love language is because of how I grew up. It's always going to be quality time and conversation because, shit, for a long period, a large part of my life, that's all we really had to give. So I'm not really big into stuff. I just care about yeah. people and connections and just making sure that I'm very present. Probably why I'm, people say I'm such a dope friend. But regardless, trimming the tree was a thing that my mom made very important for us and my dad as well so my mother would always get like part-time jobs during the holiday season at department stores and i think one of the first few times she did it she ended up working in the holiday section selling like christmas ornaments so what she did was over the years she would always buy me and my siblings our own ornament with the mindset being by the time we go off and start our own families we'd have our own set of ornaments for our individual families so now, mm-hmm. when we go home, what my dad does is any time somebody comes over, they have to put a new ornament on the tree. And that's how we sort of decorate the house. 
So my mama would like pick a, a color scheme or whatever. It might be fucking purple, lavender, and silver or whatever. And so all the ornaments would be those colors, and anybody who comes over has to put a new ornament on the tree or just around the house. So I think that's a pretty cool thing that I really look forward to when I go home because, you know, I get to just be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. this you joked around when I was at home the last time. It was like my normal, natural accent and cadence and all that. It gets to come Let out naturally. Let me just say, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. <laughs> Huey has that? a Cleveland voice. It's a Cleveland voice. Huey, one time I called Huey, I was, we were on our way to the, a gumbo party or whatever. And I had hit Huey up, like, are you coming to this party? And so when I dialed the number, I'm like, hey, and he's talking. This man is talking back to me. I pulled my phone down to make sure that I had called the right person because I didn't recognize your voice. Like, you sound like a completely different man. I call it your Cleveland voice. I mean, it is. Like, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, some people can really code switch. Like, I think everybody has their, like, white voice when they have job interviews and shit like that. Not me. When you go to work. Not me. Mm-mm. You know, Not me. Tricks, you definitely have your Patricia, Patricia Dorsey voice, mm-hmm. and then you have your saved and ratchet Trixie voice. I mean, you definitely got it. You People can listen to this episode and hear that shit. It's not as hardcore as mine because, you know, you had your suburban life, but I ain't mad at you, though. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I really appreciate that I can go home and it just comes out because the only other time my normal voice comes out is when I'm like angry, drunk, tired, you know, some shit like that. So I love we're gonna record an episode when we're at home so I can really yes. hear the difference. Yeah, so you can really hear that hood one oh five with some gang signs you do in your pictures. Hey, hey, we listen, what's, what's understood don't have to be explained, all right? And those ain't my ten five gang signs. Those my other ones. Oh, okay. So what is your favorite dish? Like, what's your favorite? What are you looking forward to eating? Because this is a fat-ass holiday, too. So It is a fat-ass holiday. So I don't really know what my parents is going to do. They usually switch off every year. But I feel like if my mama makes me a beef pot roast, I'm going to fucking die a happy-ass man. Cause that is my shit. I love braised roasted meat. Like, when I was a kid, Sunday dinner, was like always beef roast, and that is my shit with carrots mm-hmm. and potatoes, onions, and I'm just fucking in love. So that's what I'm really hoping they bust it down for me. Like, I don't really care too much for the turkey. We do it for the kids, but if I get that beef roast and my mama's macaroni and cheese, I'm a happy man. Mm. For me, if I get my sister's banana pudding, my macaroni. I think you meant apple pie, a la mode, but okay. My sister's banana pudding, okay, because Esther makes the best banana pudding in the world. Like you have That's the sister I met, right? No, you met Shanetta. Shanetta makes a really good turkey salad. It's delicious. And turkey that was shade salad. free. She makes a Thanksgiving salad and it's like all like the Thanksgiving things, but it's like a huge salad. It is amazing. Esther makes the best banana pudding. I make really excellent macaroni and cheese. If I have those three things, I'll be fine. Like I will oh, wait a minute. We've been friends all this time. And I ain't got nan bite of mac and cheese. Let me tell you, my friend Jay Mon Jarvis Juice Moore, I love him to death. He's one of my best friends. I promised him macaroni and cheese in 2009 or eight, maybe 2008, 2009. We were in college. And I told him I'm going to make him some macaroni and cheese. Every time he sees me, which is often, I don't get that macaroni and cheese. So he came to D.C. for to see Beyonce, the queen, you know, 
All Hail the Queen, Beyonce, Giselle, Nose Carter. He came here for the concert. So, like, he was so awesome. Like, he got his floor seats. But then he walked up to an usher and told them that he played for the Cleveland Browns. And she let us move. (laughs) (laughs) And so after that, we came back to my house. He stayed for a couple of days. And that weekend, I made him his own pan of macaroni and cheese and his own salmon, like a huge flank of salmon, like everything he asked me for because he got me close to Beyonce. So if you want to get your ass Beyonce tickets to get some food, you have to get me, yeah. No, I cook you macaroni. You know what? I'll make you macaroni and cheese because I love you. How about that? I'm about to say, because you didn't like adopted puppies, made me the puppy daddy. I didn't even ask for the little puppy. And That's I, true. The man's supposed to food, you know? Ladies, okay, listen, this is the lesson, right? Oh, if you're going to be giving us babies and shit, let me not even joke like that. <laughs> That's funny, though. What? That was funny. That, that wasn't disrespectful. I was about to say, y'all be giving us babies and shit. We just want food. That was about to get into some gender <gasps> war Oh, shit. yeah, no, 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 no. I would say that yeah. the three things that men want in life are sex, support, and snacks. Oh, and space. They want space, too. Okay. Uh, all right. So, well, baby, it's about that time. I really feel like, thinking back, we've had a, a dope conversation, per usual, for episode one, verse three, black-ass Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> what would you say are some you know, final remarks that, if anything, you want the listeners to really think about over this just next week? Uh, Absolutely. Um, Ladies, if he does not invite you to his black-ass Thanksgiving and y'all done been together for two years, leave his black ass alone. There you go. I love your dramatic pauses. Like, I've been wondering (laughs) if the call dropped and shit. Like, damn, did her mic fuck up? But... There you go, like, on the beat. I like it. Yeah. Y'all, she really is this dramatic in life. Like, I love her. I am. It's, it's funny, I am. but. I'm extra. I am. No, you're not they extra. Me... You're just enough. I, I am more than enough. Your cup runneth over with me, okay? Say that one more again. I said, I am more than enough. Your cup runneth over with me. Actually, let me interrupt right there, because that's a perfect segue to today's verse for the book of Huey. Chapter 1, verse 3, you are more than enough. And the reason why I say that, I know during the holiday season, a lot of us, like you and I just did, we talked about the things that we're most thankful for and looking forward to. But some of us right now either don't necessarily have those families, those relationships that they can go and celebrate with. They feel like they're very alone or maybe their relationships are are shattered right now. They live on their past and it's full of dark memories and loneliness or whatever. I know I spent many a holiday season away from my family, away from my friends, and it was really lonely. So I don't want anyone getting depressed. I don't want anyone suffering through the lack of quality time and attention with somebody during this cuffing season. For whatever reason, you know, if you feel like this isn't your most favorite time, you're not feeling the love, like I just said, you are more than enough. If you find yourself alone right now, you are more than enough. If you find yourself in some shitty relationships, you are more than enough. If you find yourself in a, a job or in a housing situation, a, a relationship just is going sour, just remember you are more than enough. And let that be the thing that keeps you motivated, keeps you moving. I don't want to see anybody giving up. 
I don't want to see anybody hurt themselves. I just want you feeling the love. And like I said before, if if you feel like nobody loves you, just know that me and Tricks love you. We fuck with you. Reach out to us. We always been taking submissions for Tricks with the Fix or topics or whatever. So if, if you listen to us and you feel like we speak to you and you're having a hard time and you want uh, really a, a point of conversation where we reach out to you, hit us up. Like I said, I always say, we are at the Book of Huey at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, Ask FM. Hit us up anytime. Inbox us, DM us. If you want your name out there, if you want an anonymous, but if there's any way that we can help you feel loved and encouraged and motivated, that's what we're here for. I'm very thankful for you all. Tricks, any last words? I am very thankful for you, and thank you guys so much for listening to the Book of Huey. That's what's up. And with that, everybody, have a dope week. We got a nice episode coming for you next Thursday called What We Not Finna Do. It's all about personal boundaries and, you know, how do you continue to live your best life while loving yourself and loving the people around you when they got you fucked up. But stay fucked tuned. Up. We love y'all. Bye. Peace out. On behalf of the Book of Huey podcast, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next week. This is your announcer, Rebecca Lee, signing off. And remember, folks, don't be sad and lonely during this time of year, the holidays. If you feel like no one loves you, we do, and we want to hear from you. Write to us. Let us know what you want, what you need to hear. We want to hear from you. Talk to you next week.